We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you and you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom, you'll see the link to our Patreon site. Okay, this is a review I got over on Instagram from a friend and she says, I absolutely love your podcast. It has helped both my husband and myself in so many ways. We listen every morning when we go walking at 5.30 a.m. outside, no matter how cold it is, even if it's snowing. We have found that it is our time together to do and put in time um, for recovery. It's great. I love it. They're moving. They're outside. Yeah. Getting the blood flowing. The weather's been horrible here and <laughs> they're getting out anyways. They're, they're awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. Um, so we're talking about connection today, uh, but we're talking about unhealthy connection and um, connecting through chaos. What we mean by that is how couples, when they feel a lack of connection in their relationship, they find ways to connect anyways. So they create chaos. And in that chaos, they feel some element of connection and it bonds them together. <clears throat> but it's the, it's the unhealthiness that's bonding them together. But they will take whatever they can get. And so um, they'll, they'll continue to connect in that chaos and it creates cycles in the relationship. I'm pretty sure he's talking about us, Ashlyn. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure. It creates cycles in the relationship with outcomes that are not awesome. Yep, that's uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> and it perpetuates uh, depression and anxiety and resentment and just uh, fear, unhealthiness. Um, but yet they, yet couples continue to do it over and over and over again. Uh, so what was it, what was it like for you guys when you say that's us, oh, man, we, um, let's see, we only connected, I would say when, nah, that, that's not, that's not super accurate. Like we only, but the majority of our, um, our talking like deep was when I relapsed. I think it, that was probably the only time we talked anything heavy, mm -hmm. anything real. It was, other than that, it was things we needed to do around the house, things at work. It was. So think about how that might perpetuate or continue the addictive behavior. Uh, because if, you're, you're, we all desire connection mm -hmm, for sure. And if you're feeling the only time I really get deep connection is if I go act out and I relapse as much as you don't want to have a hard conversation, talk yeah. about hard things. Part of you does. And it's not intentional, right? I mean, would you, it's, it's not conscious that yes. You, you, yes. you do this. Um, but, but part of you really does want to have a hard conversation with Ashlyn what um, was the thing that I told you all the time that I wanted? It's like, Ash, and I just I, want. We would go. Oh my gosh, that's Before so we found um, our current ther therapist who's really helped us, we were at another therapist who helped us in her own way, right? She, right. she did as much as she knew how with what we'd given her, which was not the full truth. Right. <laughs> and 
She, Kobe I've, would, I've been that therapist before, so <laughs> it, I have it doesn't empathy. mean you're a bad therapist. Yeah. It means we were bad clients. Right, right, right. But um, he would come and just say, "I just want to connect." And if you've seen that TED talk, the opposite of addiction is connection. connection. It's kind of laughable now because we really would go, and I would hear the same thing, and I would say, "I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Does it mean sex?" Does it mean we're talking? Right. What the heck? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Okay, so here's what's interesting, actually. You just said that. Like, okay, so what, what's going through my head is is we brought chaos, I brought chaos into our marriage as far as the way that we connected, right? But that also was a part of our sex life. Like, our sex life was chaotic, and it wasn't connecting, and it was just this mess. So the chaos that addiction brought into our relationship, it reached, the ripple effects reached every part of our relationship, including sex. Right. That's but really, really interesting, actually. I never thought about it that way. Think think about it. Um, if uh, Why do you connect in chaos? Because chaos creates a heightened emotional state. Mm-hmm. And when you're both in a heightened emotional state, the emotions are there and we connect through our emotions. But if you're connecting through chaos over and over and over again, you're not connecting in other ways. You walk in the house and you look at your spouse. What do they represent to you? They re- represent that heightened emotional state. And if those emotions are fear and shame and anger, whatever it is, then when you look at your spouse, that's that's what you're going to start feeling toward your spouse. But if you connect it on a heightened emotional state with positive emotions, when you walk in the door and you look at the, your spouse, you're going to have feelings of love and happiness and joy and peace. It, but, but you need to learn how to connect in those emotions and resonate on those levels with your partner in order to see them in that light. Um, and, and that was a big reason why for so long we were so disconnected because it as much as we wanted connection, we didn't want consciously, but subconsciously we did the chaos. And then it was like the only, like, oh man, it was just, I'm just reliving it in my head. Like it was, we were just a mess. And there, and I would, I would feel the chaos way before a disclosure of a relapse. Right. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I remember being in Tallinn, Estonia in, January, watching the snowfall, about ready to go into a big conference. You were always thinking, like up in the Baltic somewhere. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, like coldness. Yeah, and, it was rad. I loved yeah. it. And uh, and sit, calling Ashlyn literally like 10 minutes before this conference starting and like getting up the gumption and just waiting to the last second, procrastinating this disclosure and then just, but just feeling this intense emotional charge. And I'm like, uh, okay, I relapsed. And I'm really sorry, and I messed up, and it was silence. And then she's like, okay. And then I'm like, well, I got to go. Okay, see ya. I got to go to a meeting. And <laughs> G- goodbye. And it was just like, that way. I just, it was the dysfunction so of the chaos. It's like, oh my gosh. So so let's break down in a relationship, because it, <clears throat> it happens both with betrayed and the addicted, this creating chaos. What is what is What are ways that chaos is created? Um, that that helps um, facilitate this emotional response that that starts to continue that unhealthy connection. Uh, there's relapse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> relapse is a way to connect in all kinds of emotions like fear and shame and those type of things. But there's other ways. Gaslighting. 
Well, no. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, gaslighting creates chaos. It's just so subtle, right? But just that's just, true. Just simple things like picking a fight. Well, sometimes gaslighting for us, I think, I think I would, I think it's interesting, Ashlyn. You were in fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. You you would fight, and so if I would gaslight, then you would fight, and then I would be like, you know, the passive little puppy who'd crawl in the corner and you know suck his thumb kind of a thing. Okay. But but so so I, I see what you're saying though that, that the gaslighting is is more subtle, but, but the, picking a fight, oh my gosh! It's like w- what I'm saying is when you go to your partner and you and you in, almost intentionally cut, make waves, you you know you, you on purpose like kick up the dust. What are ways that people do that? So would you say this is Brandon? Because I was really good at this when something was maybe a little bit wrong and think you know like he came home late from work or something um it turned into you're always late and Uh you were probably with those girls at work or and it was bringing up the past it was name calling and i would create something out of you know whatever i was thinking so so you're catastrophizing and you're living on assumption yeah instead of instead of going and clarifying or stopping and getting mindful yourself, it's, it, you almost want to live in that catastrophe mode mm-hmm. and then you can resent him. I think that's how I live. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like I just made up a lot of stories in my head and I, sometimes I didn't even tell him and I was just mean and mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I would, and it came out in really hurtful things. Right. And so, so what will happen is, Okay, so you, you're amping up your emotions and then you're going to show up the way that you usually show up in drama toward Kobe. And the chaos isn't just you're both angry at each other yelling. You might be mean and persecuting and he might be in victim and retreating. Might, might be. And, oh, <laughs> dude, I totally was. <laughs> right, but this is the chaos of it. Uh-huh. Is that you're both in drama. You're both not communicating in a healthy way. But at least you're connected in some way, you know. She's we're ma- talking. She's mad at me, and you know, I'm I'm thinking about her, how much I can't stand her, and but at least we're connected in some way. Oh my right. gosh, I'm just kind of spinning. Yeah, just thinking about, for instance, like the um, the Mother's Day of '06. Was it '06? So I had just miscarried. Yeah, our first. Yeah. And there was just trauma surrounding all of that. I was freaked out, freaked out about Ashlyn being pregnant, about you being pregnant, and um, just handled it super, super poorly. And then I, I remember that lasted, that fight lasted days. And I remember Mother's Day of that year going to church, and you were like three rows in front of me, sitting by yourself. And that was the chaos that existed for us. And I was just in victim and I was pissed and it's like, well, screw you. I was so twisted in my head about that. But, the, but that was, to- that year was probably one of the hardest. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> well, we were both pointing fingers. We were both in victim in our own ways mm-hmm. for sure. Because I remember sitting in front of you and crying the, like the entire meeting. What mm-hmm. was me? Yep. My life is so hard. So let's think, let's, what about this one? Um, the shutdown silent treatment. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> well, it was. Well, I, and, I and, and what anymore. was your intention behind it, Ashlyn? Oh, man. <clears throat> Avoidance, 
I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't have any skills on how to talk about it. So it was super uncomfortable. Um, when I had tried the very few times that I had tried to make amends and say, I'm sorry, it was never good enough. Mm-hmm. And so totally, it was huh? very much like, why, I'm not gonna try. why try? I'm not going to try. So I'm going to avoid. And s- at some point he's going to just come back. Um, he's going to say, so it's th- okay. It's interesting what you're saying, because what I'm hearing is you weren't trying to create connection through that chaos. You were, it was avoidant attachment. So you were, you were legitimately isolating and shutting yeah. off and, and really not wanting to talk about the hard things. Yeah. Um, so and I would be like bratty about it. I would ignore him. But then when we're in the same room with other people or our children, it was like, oh my gosh. Blah, blah, and I was happy with them. And then I'd look at him like, hate you. <laughs> it was awful. It's like, see how, see how nice I am and how great I am. Screw you. <laughs> You're not getting any of that. Right. Um, sometimes, sometimes the, the disconnect, the isolation and the, the silent treatment can, can be anxious attachment and it could be, it can be trying to create chaos with your partner. So it's a, it's a power play and it's a victim play mm-hmm. of I'm I, like, I'm not talking to you because I really, really want you to connect to me. And that's, and that's kind of what I you know just described. I know that's what I was Ashton. doing because yeah. I knew from all of our past, you know, cycles that he would be the one that would come back and that he would love me and then it would be okay. And I never, ever said sorry. I never made amends. Right. I was just like, okay, we're done. Right. Next fight. <laughs> right, right. And I was stuck in the whole, well, this is part of my penance. Like I'm a douche. Right. And so I deserve you this. Deserve it. I deserve this. So I'll wallow over here yep. while she's punishing me over there. Totally. And then, and then like a puppy dog eventually maybe come back and there'd be a little bit of like, okay, like we're okay. Mm-hmm. And then it would happen over and over again. Oh yeah. yeah. And the, the best apology is change behavior. Right. So I think that's why he hated to hear me say, I'm sorry. Cause I did not change any it didn't behavior. Happen. Right? You go back to those old patterns again and again. And vice versa. You'd say sorry and th- repeat the behavior too. Totally. Right. Totally did that. Repeat the disconnect. It's 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 such a oxymoron because you disconnect in these unhealthy ways trying to create connection. Yeah. Right? And it just... And you don't do it intentionally. I guess I can't get that out of my head is I didn't realize I was doing any of this. I knew I didn't have skills to be married in a healthy way. But I also, on the other side, thought I'm pretty normal. Like I know I'm not crazy. I know that our marriage isn't that bad because right. neither of us are saying let's get divorced. Right. And yet it what, was you not know, like, what, where do we learn healthy attachment? It's, you know, we're, we're given what we're given from our parents mostly. And, um, you know, where do we learn healthy attachment? You guys got in a relationship together and you know, I saw your picture you posted on Facebook of you guys when you were like five years old. But yeah, when we seriously. got married. Oh my gosh! Like you <laughs> right? look so different. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I was nineteen. And you know what? You know what? I saw that picture. You know what I thought? So sad. Like oh, they look so naive. <laughs> we oh were. my gosh! Totally and weren't were. you extremely? Yeah. What was the? What's just the thing? so everyone in the world knows, I took nothing on my honeymoon for lingerie. Oh really? I took clothes. <laughs> Right. So so naive. naive. Oh, but don't worry though. Her makeup and her hair was money and spot on <laughs> for the reception and for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. It was real. No, but oh. but our 
and but our, but, but but when you got married, I want to hang on a second. I, when you got married, it, it was like, oh, we're like this, we're so excited to be married. We yeah. love each other. This is great, right? And and little did you know that both of you were were bringing to the table patterns that have been passed down from generations of attachment and and unhealthy patterns and and so as you start into this relationship and you got to work through life together that's how you approach it that's all you know yeah right and and, then, and I'm going to let our parents off the hook here and say I don't think many of us come into marriage thinking we like we have most of us haven't been given really healthy um examples would you say i don't blame my parents at all in fact i think my parents are uh somewhat resilient because you know in their own ways they've progressed from where their parents were yeah Mm -hmm. and and so same with mine you know same my parents travel in a motorhome full-time for years (laughs) they gotta have something right Yeah, they gotta get get along a little bit so um there was another one that was pretty common that was really hard for me too and 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 that was even in even in just disagreements there you would um you would say something like sharp and then you leave the room and i was uh and i remember like and and i get the last word yeah get the last word and she just leave the room and i was like there's a whole other side to ashlyn that yeah no one knows everyone's like you're so positive and you're so sweet and happy i'm like i used to not be right it's really been something i've had to practice and learn learn she's she's come so far so so far and but but that one as far as like you know lobbing a grenade over the fence and then running you know that was what ashlyn did and and i was like no let's stay and talk about this and she would leave and so there literally came a boundary in our in our marriage where it was like okay walking away is not okay like we have to just we have to like work through it but then that created a new problem which let's stay and hash it out and while you're in your chaos and we and didn't know you're how in your emotional Gosh. mind right well yeah. and, and that was great and all because you're having me come back but we had no skills still we hadn't right. been taught any so what would be what would be really healthy there and then would be to walk away but it would be to walk away and, and take a back. time out <laughs> and say uh, a set to. amount of time and come back and get in your wise minds calm down and yeah. communicate effectively which is that's what we do now but it's really hard to do when you really don't have any clue how to oh, man. get there. Well, it's hard to do too when you're you, you don't feel like you're going to get to healthy yeah. connection, and so we might as well go all the way with this fight because at least we're getting some connection. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're talking about everything under the sun, and you're amping it up, and you're yelling or whatever it is, and it's like, well, at least we're at least we're connecting, and then it just causes destruction now the hard part about this is is that we spent i mean we started specialized therapy 14 and a half years into marriage but it still took us probably another year after that till we could be skilled enough individually to have it show up in our marriage so there was 15 plus years of this cycle right that we're talking about right. that we tried to break that, that, well yeah. and i gotta say you guys actually um kind of turned the tide quickly because you got into therapy you started learning some skills and you actually started applying them it started working um sometimes it takes a lot longer than that to get a couple to actually start to connect in a in a healthy way so here's here's another to to shift gears just a little bit another way to connect in the chaos is through check-ins um and so this is we, we we did an episode on 
on check-ins. The and right kind. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to it, it's it's a and, and you do check-ins that are not working, go and listen to it. Um, but what that is is it, usually it's the betrayed demanding a check-in, um, and and so a couple comes together and he talks about how sexual he's been that day, and she she listens and she's like, well, did you lust after her? Did you? And and it's a chaotic fear-based, shameful check-in. And the couple doesn't really connect. They, they do connect on those emotions, but they're, they're not connecting in a positive way. And, and so um, the, the fear cycle with betrayal trauma is her wanting to connect and wanting to feel safe. And so she'll take her fear and she'll do certain things to try to get him to, to connect to her. So Maybe maybe she'll clean the house, or you know, wear something sexy, or 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 have these check-ins where she's going down, you know. But it's all chaotic because she's still in fear. This is not this is not healthy connection where she really desires to be close to him. Yeah, this is why I fought our therapist Amy so hard was because I felt like this was a good thing that we were doing these check-ins. She didn't tell us to do them. Right. I was the one that was like. We need to be doing this right. at night, right? And she fought me hard on it. Like, Ashlyn, this is only creating more problems with you. You need yes. to let go of this. He needs to be doing it with someone else, like checking in with someone else. And you can create a connection in different ways. That kind of blew my mind because that really is, if we're not talking about recovery, then how are we connecting? Listen to what you just said. <laughs> if we're, so, so recovery is the relationship, it, like, it started. It, so it, in it, the beginning, it, it was the fighting was the relationship. Then it became recovery. It was re- the relationship. So what the heck is there left? Well, but but so then your relationship is centered around like whether or not Kobe's touching his penis. Right? Awesome. Like, Such a good relationship. You know, like or whether or not Kobe's lusting out with porn. Like that's that's what your relationship is centered around. If we're not talking about that, then what? And that that's an important question. If, if, if that's where you've come to in your relationship where now, now I, I understand something. I do understand that if he's acting out sexually and he's hiding it from you, then you don't have much of a relationship because the foundation is just getting destroyed over and over again. So it is important that he is sober. It is important that he is faithful and, and all of those things, but your relationship needs to be if it's going to be healthy it needs to have more connection than just let's just talk about recovery or sobriety i'm doing quote marks with my hands <laughs> and let's just talk about sobriety and let's just talk about how much lust you had today or not if that's where you're at then you need to work on other ways to connect in it's your just relationship. A, that, what you just described is a is a, is a one-dimensional relationship and there might be other considerations with work and family logistics and so forth but those are just i mean those are just logistical execution well and so for kobe and i we grew up with totally different backgrounds right we liked different things right but we did come together in things that were positive when we got married they didn't it didn't start in this you know i didn't know his story and so i remember in therapy amy saying hey you got to find hobbies again kobe you need friends you need you need to figure out who you are and then you can start connecting with Ashlyn. And I was like, that sounds really scary. What are you talking about? (laughs) He'd lost himself. I'll say to my uh, clients sometimes um, that, you know, a lot of my clients 
aren't big fans of their spouses. And, but, but once in a while they'll, they'll say like, oh, back when we were dating or, or yeah, well he, he really, you know, he's this way or that way. And I'll say, oh, that's why you fell in love with him. Like, or, oh, that's why you, you married her. And, 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 and I'll say that just as a reminder of like, you saw something, something, and you connected to, to them on a soul level beyond just about betrayal, trauma, and sex addiction. And um, not to say, you know, because of that, you should just go into denial and pretend like all the problems aren't there anymore. You have to work through the problems. You don't just drop recovery. Um, but to also see that person holistically, that, that they bring to the table a lot more than just whether they're stuck in their betrayal trauma or stuck in their sex addiction. Well, and I have to tell you this. Um, one of my newer girls in one of my women's group said after she didn't like the check-in that I was having her do every night with the group, um, but she still did it, right? Okay. And she said on our second call, so it's been two weeks, she said, I said, how does it feel? And she said, I'm starting to feel happy. I'm starting to see my spouse differently. Right. Right. Because she was no longer pointing fingers. Right. And seeing all the things wrong in their marriage and with him. Nothing really had changed with him. Right. It was her. Right. And the problems didn't go away. And she wasn't minimizing and saying they're gone. She was choosing to see some joy. Right. And remember like, oh yeah, I like to read and I like to do some other things, not just listen to recovery books or right. this podcast. You know, I love that you guys are listening, but I want you to have other things you listen to too. Right, right. I mean, it's such a catch 22 that when recovery puts your life out of balance, like you're it did for therapy us in all the, the time, you're only yeah. reading books, you're only listening to amazing podcasts <laughs> about recovery, <laughs> you know? Oh yes. No, I remember thinking... When is this going to end? And it was like, I was very resentful towards the money we were spending, the time that it was taking, and the efforts and the discomfort yeah. that it created. That um, That's when I think we started to pull back and like reevaluate and say, okay, let's do maybe one thing <laughs> a day or something rather than three things. Balance it out a, yeah. little, a little bit better. Yeah. So and, and and if you do balance it out better, it opens up time to connect in other ways yeah. with your spouse. And figure out yourself. Yeah. I found who I was because of recovery. I'd right. lost myself and it's become a really beautiful thing of oh, I didn't know I liked this and I didn't know I could be okay with not being great at something. Right. And still be happy. Right. Right. Okay, so Patreon, our deep dive, uh we're going to talk about two things. One is how to recognize whether you're, you're connecting in chaos and how to get yourself out of those cycles. And then two other ways to connect other than through chaos. Great. So. Sounds great. Thanks for being here guys. All right. See ya. Bye-bye.